I'm going to kick this off how we always kick off the show. Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to This Week in Marvel. I'm Ryan, a.k.a. Thank you. Agent M. And I'm Jamie, a.k.a. Agent Ellipses. Dot, dot, dot. Still not decided. <laughs> and, uh, we're, we're super excited for this one. Um, and, and we brought some really fun people to join us. Uh, first, we've got Sarah Benacasa, who is stand-up comedian, actress, writer, awesome person all around. Thank you. That is so beautiful and kind. She was texting me from the plane just like excitedly last night. It was <laughs> terrific. Mm -hmm. uh, next up is Mike Drucker, writer, comedian, podcaster, Hello. and very good Twitterer. Yeah. yeah. Very good Twitterer. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I'm guessing no swearing on this, right? No swearing? Uh, I mean, we're a PG plus Over show. <laughs> There's PG children plus. in the audience. I, you know what? I leave it up to you. Evil producer Brandon is somewhere, and he's gonna have to edit the audio. <laughs> That's a no. That's a I no, like guys. that. That was your first question. I you wanted to like, be sure. I'm so happy to be here. You were like, can I curse? <laughs> <laughs> I want to be sure I don't ruin someone's childhood <laughs> by saying a weird word or something. Hey guys, how's it going? I already <laughs> lost you. I'm sorry. <laughs> And then we've got Jesse Falcon, who is Director of Product Development for All Kinds of Marvel Toys. Yeah! yeah. Thank you. He's an improviser, co-creator of Mr. Neighbor's House, and a sweet, sweet boy. Hi, Jesse. <laughs> Hi, buddy. How are you? Can I be Agent F? Sure. You Great. can also be Agent Sam Wilson. Everybody in this room gets to be an agent today. Everybody? You know what? Okay. I love that. We're going to do questions. And so you see, so I brought some toys from my office. I I've been keeping them for a while. Some San Diego stuff, some brand new uh, Marvel Legends. People who ask questions get the first crack at, at getting free stuff. Uh, and it's going to be awesome. I was supposed to be pushing buttons while I was doing this, showing our pretty pictures and our titles oh, and stuff me. up there. Ooh, oh, hey. I love oh, this photo oh. of Jesse. Jesse. That's like, they just had an axe there that day. That's why I picked it up. Ooh, who's oh, who's that look at sex that photo. bomb? I'd marry her if I were a rich person in the audience. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen. Oh, yep. who's that? Oh, I'd marry him if I were a person next to him on a panel. <laughs> hey, guys, you can marry me. All of you get to marry me today. Yeah. I'll be an agent. You all get to marry him. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I teased that we were going to have secrets, and one of them is somebody gets to marry Mike. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, this is so cool. Uh, Whoever asked the last question has to marry me. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, I... We will actually have a bit of news that we're revealing. Uh, normally on the show, we reveal, we do news every week and all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah, we do a podcast called This Week in Marvel, yeah. in case you just wandered in here. Uh, and so you can subscribe to it and check it out. And uh, every day we'll be posting new York Comic Con uh, fun episodes. And it's really exciting. There's uh, a lot going on at this con. Heck, yeah. We also have a lot of stuff going on at the live stream and the, yep. the stage and stuff. So my voice is out because I was yelling about how much I love Captain America yesterday. And I get paid to do that. It's pretty great. Um, first things first, before we get into because I really want to talk to uh, our panelists about you know, their love for Marvel and stuff like that. Uh, our news is that Wolverine, The Long Night, uh, our first uh, scripted podcast, oh. is awesome. Which is available now for free. Episodes are coming out. You can check it out on Marvel.com, wherever you get your podcast. We're doing a comic book for Wolverine the Long Night, written by the guy who wrote the show, uh, which is really cool because then he gets to take the medium, uh, the audio medium, and then adapt it, change it, turn it into a comic book, and it's really cool. Art by Marcio Takara, covers by Raphael Abrokirki, and I mean, we have some art here. It's really wow. neat. Oh, all the things you've been listening to, you're gonna get to see. Ooh. 
Jesse, I, you were you were asking me about it the other day, and you said that um, uh, Manzukis was really excited about it. Right? Yeah, my buddy Jason. Uh, I, I have a show with this knucklehead Jason Manzukis on Adult Swim called Mr. Neighbor's House. Uh, if you are under the age 12, please don't watch that show. And <laughs> um, he, he is a giant fan of this. And by the way, this is a great this is a great idea, guys. Have you thought about like turning more things into comic books at Marvel? You should do that. That's a pretty great idea. I mean, you said you have money. Great idea. Yeah, it's cool. Like, sequential art is kind of cool. So, one of the things we want to do, we wanted to get into, uh, like, your Marvel origin stories. How you first got connected to Marvel. And I have a wonderful picture of Jesse. So, we're going to start with you. Uh, It's Jesse as a little tiny baby meeting Spider-Man. That was last week, actually. Uh, Aww. I uh, I grew this beard really quickly. Yeah, so... Um, back in the 70s, uh, the, spider, the Marvel characters used to make appearances at uh, certain places. They still do, uh, which is very cool. Like crimes and stuff, right? Yes, okay. exactly. <laughs> like if a crime has been committed, they yeah. might show up several weeks later. Gotcha. Uh, okay. uh, and uh, they, they had a signing with Spider-Man down at the mall. And I insisted that my mother put me in my church clothes because I wanted <laughs> to make sure that I made a great impression. And I don't know if you could see it, but like my mouth is as wide as it can be. And I am staring at his hand because he's touching me. Um, and uh, I've been working for the guy ever since pretty much. So yeah, this <laughs> is a picture, fun day. <laughs> the picture's the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah, it's, it's so pure. It's adorable. <laughs> I wish I still had like the, like the eight by 10 glossy that he, uh, that he signed for me, so. I think this picture should be an 8x10 glossy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do have an 8x10 glossy of Jesse, though, in one of our offices uh, in Marvel, New York, because he's a handsome devil, and he's great. Uh, Mike, what is your Marvel origin story? How did you first get connected to uh, the characters? I first got into Marvel, weirdly, through the trading cards in the late 80s, early 90s. I was just like, my family was super broke as you know when we were growing up, and it was one of those things where my friends would have these cards, and I'd be like, what are those? And... Do you guys remember like the Marvel Universe 2 cards where at, on the back of them it listed like how smart they were and how powerful they were? Yes! And to me that was, for some reason to me that was almost even more fascinating than the visual of it was just the idea that they all had their own story and different powers that you could combine. And there were no rules. It was right before magic was a thing. Um, but in my head, like we sort of came up with like rough, very young, like kindergarten battles between them and sort of like use the math on the back to figure out who would win. Anyway, that's why I like Marvel. (laughs) Cool. Series one and series two of those cards, like so important to me and so meaningful. Uh, I think we've done some like variants based on the the design of those and they're so cool. They're great. I definitely... Uh, stole holographic cards from other kids. I, if you're in the audience and you grew up in Tamarack, Florida, and you had your hologram stolen, that was this homeboy. <laughs> I still have them, not giving them back either. <laughs> kids, don't steal. I'm looking at you. Looking don't, at you. Steal. Steal. Don't, don't steal. Don't steal. Don't swear. Yeah, yeah. Don't do either of those things. If you're gonna steal, just let it be hearts. <laughs> you know, like I'm doing right now with yep. my eyes. Yep. Yep. Uh, Sarah, what about you? How'd you first get connected to Marvel? Um, I, I got connected to Marvel through my dad, who is Peter Parker. Um, no, uh, <laughs> he's never around. Um, no, I, my, my father, John, really sort of taught me about the world through, um, through, through sports analogies and through comic book analogies. And so I, I think I learned a lot about, um, you know, loss and failure and recovery and success 
through um, his stories. So, I mean, he's a big Spider-Man fan. And I think I learned about just loss and failure from the Jets, really, I would say, would be <laughs> sort of twin pillars of how I was educated about the world through my dad. I love that. Go. Okay, so let's start. We're all comedians in some way here. We're all talking about comics. But Sarah, are there any parallels, do you think, between the timing in comics storytelling and timing in writing and performing comedy? Yeah, no, I do think that there is, uh, uh, absolutely. Because it's, it's very strange when I'm also a, an author of books with no pictures, very boring, don't try it. But, um, but there's such a difference, the economy of language that you need when writing a script uh, for for a comic is very similar to the economy of language you need when writing, I, I would say, a joke for the stage or writing, you know, a script for television or, or writing a, a, a feature. I mean, I think, like, I love writing for comics. I've only done it a few times, but um, part of it is the economy of language, is that you have to be so careful with your words. And also, you're thinking, it's so different, because when you're writing for the stage, like, I don't know about, about you, Mike, but I always think often, if I, am I going to do an act out? Like, what am I going to be doing visually? And that's such an integral part, obviously, of what you're writing when you're writing for comics as well. But, you know, different writers have different levels of interest and control, I think, and, and how much they want to, how detailed they want to be for the artist or how much they want to be like, hey, you just go with it, man. And different artists have different tastes as far as what they want to. Yeah, and Mike and Jesse, you are also writers and performers of comedy. How do you feel about comic timing versus comedy timing? Well, I will say the thing with a comic book compared to stand-up comedy is that the audience controls the speed at which they go. So you really don't want to do something that's like... If you're gonna create like a beat of action, you really need to create that space visually so the audience knows that there's a beat of time, so that they know that there's a pause before the joke that you want to fit with the time. And you don't get to control that, so you really have to find a way to uh, create that comfortably and organically. Um, it's a lot more, I feel like writing comics is a lot more like writing comedy for TV in that you are collaborating with someone who's not you all the time and you have to be sure that they understand what you mean. Like so many times when you write a comic or when you write a TV show, you're like, and then a dog appears and then they're like, okay, what type of dog? And you're like, I don't know. And so like, you really need to think it through and work with someone who's also like, well, I don't think a dog works. What about a cat? And you're like, I don't like cat. Like you have to work with another human being. And that's what I like about comics, and that's what I like about writing for TV versus writing for the stage, um, is that you get to work with other people who often have better ideas than you do. <laughs> yes, and you can take credit for them, too. You take credit for really them. really great. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. It's the best when an artist comes up with something, you're like, my name's on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible for them, but they sell the art, so you know. I remember uh, my old roommate, Mike Martz, who was an editor at Marvel for many years, was very excited when he was in, at Marvel to tell me that He'd come up with this thought, and I don't know if it was his, but he was working on a specific individual comic book. Um, and they worked out that it takes about f just under 15 minutes to read a comic. So they, they had built this comic to be read in real time. So the events of this comic happen in under 15 minutes. And I thought, I, just to this point of timing, I think that, I think that was a really unique thing. Um, you know, when it comes down to writing comedy, I think... Um, uh, I was watching Atlanta this year, and I, something happened in a specific episode of Atlanta. It's the one where they go get the piano at the old, like, kind of haunted house. Oh, yeah. There's a joke in there where two, uh, two groups of people are ha on the phone, and they're like, it's like so-and-so wearing a pink hat. And I didn't know what they were talking about. I picked up my phone, and I Googled it. And in that real time, they cut to the guys in the car doing the same thing and laughing about it. I've never seen a joke applied in real time at a TV show 
where the audience is now involved on a digital level. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, timing is such a cool thing because um, uh, we're now living in an age where I just read recently that the new season of uh, Black Mirror, uh, Netflix is going to let people choose their own endings. So, uh, you know, to that point of timing, like, you, you know, uh, we're now living in a digital age where, you know, all that can be played with. Yeah. It's very fun. Yeah, because we just had this year You Are Deadpool, which was like a choose-your-own-adventure with Deadpool, which wouldn't, who wouldn't want to do that? It, it did not end well for many people. In that. No, I can't <laughs> imagine. Uh, Jesse, you and I became friends a long time ago at Marvel when you were still living in New York City. You were doing improv at Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, uh, your old group mother, and, and, and so many great stuff, great things. Did reading so many comics over the years have any influence on, on your comedy, on your improv, on, on how you are as a performer? A thousand percent. I mean, you know, it's, you know, you, when you do improv or when you're writing or, or you're performing, I mean, you, you are the sum total of all the things that you've consumed at that point. I mean, and, you know, as you, you know, as you watch more movies, read more comics, you know, see more shows, uh, you know, it adds wrinkles in your brain, so to speak. So, yeah, a hundred percent. I can't tell you also, like, how many times I would make an initiation where, uh, you know, I was I was a superhero, and I realized very quickly that I was on stage that I was performing with someone who had no context of what I was talking about. So the scene went in a very different direction. So, <laughs> how nerdy is the improv community then? It, it's the nerdiest. <laughs> what is it nerdy in which ways? Is it all? Is it like, you know, do you just find different sects of, of like I'm super like improvers I, I, who are nerdy about very specific things? The I, I can let me just jump in. Uh, the best way to know how nerdy improv is is that my level 101 teacher at UCB was obsessed with model trains. <laughs> and that is about the deepest level nerd you can go and have no one to connect with about it. Aww. And I feel like a lot of people in improv become very obsessed with very narrow slices of things because you become an expert in it and you get to know it and it's something that you get to love and cultivate it the way all fans do. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to jump no, in. No, no, it, it's, it's, it's such a true point. That's... You know, pretending to be an expert in everything is, is, yeah. is part of, you know, being part of it. Uh, uh, capable at, at that medium. Improv. I'll also say, like, weirdly uh, with improv, and I know this is such a cliche, but it teaches you how to say yes. And a lot of the time, like, I don't know if this applies to both of you, but for me, like, occasionally someone will be like, hey, do you want to work on this thing that you've never done before? And you get scared and you're like, I should say no. The right thing is to do is say no, and I shouldn't do it because I have... N and, but improv's like, no, I'll do the scary thing. I'll say yes to it, and I'll take it, even if I fail. Yeah, one Michael of the sayings is follow the fear. I think that was a Del Close saying from the world of improv. Yeah. Yeah. I've never taken improv because I'm extremely cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. Did very well in high school and was very popular, obviously. But um, I, I've noticed that I've, I've really enjoyed working with, in different aspects of, of my career, with improvisers. Yep. Uh, and they're also fun to date because they listen. So that's pretty dope. Fun hot so tips true. for teens. Is it? <laughs> they, well, they pretend to listen. That's part of the fun of improv is a lot of eye contact and pretending to listen to the other person and take suggestions. I fall for it every time. Yeah, I always do too. It's great. <laughs> but you, you mentioned fear before and I feel like that's a really great segue to something that I love about comedy, which is the darkness. Mm -hmm. And I feel like so many comedians have... Whether they're open about it or not, they have very dark souls, or they're yeah. just very accepting of kind of creepy, scary things, especially, and I'm just going to come out and say it, death. And Mike, you just did a show. Oh, yeah. 
where you read your obituary on stage. That's this right. sounds yeah. fascinating. Sarah, I know you also performed in a graveyard at the Hollywood Forever I cemetery. did. I performed oh, with Reggie cool. Watts and a bunch of other cool yeah. people yeah. At, at a graveyard <laughs> the other day. Yeah. What is it about the comedy community that is so in tune with the deepest, darkest, scariest things? Well, I think that a lot of comedy comes, there's that saying that comedy is tragedy plus time, right? So, yeah. like, I think that that's true for a, a lot of us uh, as writers. I think that a lot of us also in stand-up comedy and improv, comedy acting, et cetera, are people who love um, stories because we needed to escape at a certain point for whatever reason uh, related to trauma or just feeling, just feeling different and feeling left out. And I think that's probably, I would venture a not that, thrilling or exciting theory that that's why there's a ton of crossover between if you get a bunch of comedians together chances are you're gonna talk about comic books if you want to and you can talk you can find at least two people who will just obsessively talk to you until four in the morning and it's great and those are your friends and that's how you survive the day um but yeah i think there's there's you know delving into that's what comics does too right like a, a delves into the depths of human experience and personifies these terrifying things as as these characters to whom we can relate or, or not. Yeah. I also think that as comedians and writers, we have the luxury of being allowed to talk about feeling bad uh, publicly, which is a very nice luxury to have. Like, if I tweet, I'm a garbage person with a messy ass, nobody's going to care. <laughs> but if, like, your doctor did it, you'd be like, what is going on with this dude? <laughs> so I think that, I think everything Sarah said is absolutely true. I also think we just have a very nice privilege of getting to do what we get to do and get to talk about how much we hate ourselves without you being like, I don't think you should be in the copy room with me, if that makes sense. I, I think we have the same doctor. Yeah, we have the same doctor. He has a messy ass. <laughs> uh, I, I love the darkness. and I, I, brought, I brought a video that is a little bit older. Um, it's something, it's, it gets a little dark, a little weird. I'm very glad we got to do it. Uh, Jesse was uh, sort of the, one of the key creatives for uh, this series that we did, it was stop motion animation called Marvel Superheroes What the... Yeah, I mean, we have to give the biggest shout out in the world to Alex Kropanek, yes. uh, the animator who single-handedly brought every single one of those episodes to life in a tiny closet in western Pennsylvania. Uh, you voiced a lot of those characters. Uh, Mike, Sarah, if you had a chance to voice a, a Marvel character, who would it be? Oh, that's such a tough question. Um, Sarah, uh, do you, you want to go first? I think it was... Wasn't Peter Parker's um, science teacher named Mr. Warren? Miles Warren? Miles Warren. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd be Miles Warren. <laughs> Sorry, I'm really tired. I know cool. it's Miles Warren. I I'm, I'm feel really embarrassed that I asked. I think Thank you're you. probably one of three people who even remembers who Miles Warren is. So. Right. <laughs> I used to be a high school teacher, so I really, like, for some reason, connect to these very specific... If there's ever a teacher... In, um, in, in any comic or really any story that I read, for some reason I, I pick up on that and I come from a family of teachers as well. So I don't know. Shout out to the high school teachers in the room who are like, yeah, I knew you were here. Yeah. I knew you guys were here. <laughs> You're teaching the future. Good luck to you. Mike, what about you? Um, everything Sarah said, including the applause breaks. <laughs> I would also add in... Um, I, I think I would like to voice Ben Grimm, the thing, but just keep my normal voice just to be like, <laughs> you know, like when I show up, I get out of like the thing and I'm all transformed. I'm like, hey guys, does anyone else feel weird? <laughs> That's great. 
and Mr. Fantastic's like, oh my God, look at your body. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I mean, I've been, you know, trying to lose weight and this actually looks good for my body type. Like rocks is good for when you're a rounder man. I like this. <laughs> Just a super positive Ben Grimm. Um, yeah. Super body positive. I like super it. Body posy movement. Right. Ben Grimm, I like it. I call my, myself the thing, but I mean a thing of admiration. Ooh. You know what would be great is that version of that character and Korg from uh, Ragnarok yeah. uh, in a, in a team-up yeah. rock and roll. Let's do it. Jesse, how many characters did you end up voicing on What The? Uh, you know, it was just like what, whatever we needed at the time because we didn't have a lot of time to make those things and we didn't have any money to make those things. Um, and uh, it was just, you know, uh, it was between a lot of us. Ben did some, oh, um, uh, John Gutierrez uh, did Doctor Strange. <laughs> he's so panicked and so put upon, you know, like, uh, and like, uh, he's uh, like, like in over his head, like for years and just like completely like losing it. It's great. So he fun. has no confidence, poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, please work. <laughs> so, writing. <laughs> Mike, you've written a few Marvel stories. Mm -hmm. Sarah as well. Yes, yeah, Sarah as well. What other kinds of Marvel stories do you think you would love to write right now? I, uh, well, I, I really would love to write Moon, Moon Knight. I like Moon Knight a lot. Ooh. I also think that, I know that there's amazing Moon Knight comics out there, but I feel like it's also the least covered, some of the least covered territory in Marvel. Bleep I love, out. you know, <laughs> writing a character that doesn't always know if they're doing the right thing, but wants to do the right thing in a way that feels very scary in the way that it happens with Moon Knight. Um, just because with Spider-Man, he doesn't know he's always doing the right thing, but he's kind of like, I hope this is the right thing, and he does. But with Moon Knight, he's like, I hope this is the right thing, and then he murdered a dog. Like, it's always like kind of like <laughs> something where you're like, oh, no! And I relate to that so much. You know, again, talk, talking about depression, having mental illness, it's certainly not as severe as Moon Knight, but I certainly relate to being like, I thought this was a good idea, and it wasn't at all, just on like a superhero scale. <laughs> Which can be big. <laughs> it might alter the universe or dimensions right. or entire planets. I contributed to two humor, yeah. like humor, basically anthology stories, which is great because it's very exciting to get the opportunity to, you know, to have an editor say to you, okay, pick somebody and make fun of them <laughs> in your pantheon of, of heroes. Um, and we'll see if somebody else took it first. But if not, you can do it, which is great. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was exciting. I think if I were going to, I would write the character where uh, I personally own all the licensing rights and um, <laughs> I own everything and I get all the money. So I'd write that character, the all the money for Sarah Benincasa Marvel character that has yet to be invented. I, I actually was thinking, I was thinking in kind of more general terms um, and, and you talked about mental health and I would... I think that so much of, I speak at colleges about, about mental health awareness and reducing stigma, um, and I th it was the topic of one of my books, and I think that I would want to write the, ex I would want to write a character, regardless of who it was, and explore aspects of, uh, of, of depression and anxiety, and, and potentially probably agoraphobia as well, and like the... Um, kind of the fear of entering a world that you of which you have unique knowledge 
and and knowing that um, certain aspects of life of safety hinge on you because you are imbued with specific powers and you can uh, I would imagine it's rather stressful to have the ability to save the world I don't want that ability and so I think I would probably write something uh, dark that three people would buy and somebody would write a nice thing about on a feminist blog yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, give me all the rights to those action figures I'll dolls yeah I, I'll buy it I like really specific things yeah super specific just for like narrow very troubled girls who've just dropped out of Bard that's <laughs> that's the title of it right that's, yeah it's called very troubled girls who've dropped out of Bard Sarah Benincasa's <laughs> typical dating pool and if it does well Marvel like releases a west coast girls of yeah it'll <laughs> occidental it would be occidental I, if we could show it up here, you you gave us a photo. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you, oh. you bought the art from Steph Usama, who she's such an amazing artist. She's, the best. she's so cool. It's yeah, so cool. cool. Who, is, who are the characters in the story? Uh, there is a call out to Mr. Warren. <laughs> <laughs> Finally getting his due. This just be about like a teacher's strike and what it's like to get up every day and understand that your work is undervalued while you're raising children whose parents aren't really good at being parents. Um, but it's fine. I'm not projecting. Uh, it's, you know, uh, let's see. We've got um, Peter Parker. Um, I think uh, basically the story of I Hate Peter Parker is... Um, the main, which I sit next to every day as I write in my kitchen. It's, like it's, it's written from the perspective of a, uh, a, a young woman who's a cheerleader, which for some reason they have at Midtown High. And um, she's very upset that her lab partner keeps leaving class. So it's like a very kind of basic spidey joke. And it ends on a very basic spidey joke. I'm pitching myself really well as a writer. <laughs> Definitely use your app and find it and <laughs> PayPal me. Who's the author of it? You're like, I don't I'm know. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but it's definitely in my kitchen. <laughs> it's for sure there. But mostly I was just stoked to get to work with Steph um, and just to see her art, which uh, since then has even, you know, evolved and changed a bit, I think. Um, but I love, I love what she did. I think she did a really good job. And I wanted to ground it in the world of the reality of high school and of a very... Of, of two, you know, of young people having these very petty disagreements and problems while there's a potential, like, world-ending villain in the background. Um, but still, folk I always love those moments in, in films, especially in the big, like, superhero films where there's all this stuff going on, but for a moment, a character just gets grounded in the mundane because that, to me, is very typical of the adolescent experience. Uh, our one of our former co-hosts, Ben Morse, actually did a one-page story with art by Steph Buscema as well. Cool. That was a holiday story about, I believe it was Werewolf by Night, and it was very fun. She's amazing. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, Jesse, you've been creating Marvel toys for 20 years or so, right? 25. Man. Uh, what is your favorite Ooh. toy thing that you've created? I mean, you gave me like a prototype voice box for the original Hulk hands. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which you created, the Hulk hands right there. Uh, what is your favorite thing? Uh, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, you know, the toy industry is like a grindhouse. It really is. It's, not, it's, it's about like what you have to generate stuff all the time, new ideas, new gimmicks, new, you know, uh, new designs, new form factors, new, uh, you know, interpretations. So um, it's 
once you do that for a while, it's never really about reflection and going, oh, because when you, you know, I look back at stuff that I did when I first started, and I'm like, I, I, it, it, it makes my skin crawl because I'm like, oh man, we could have sculpted that better. We could have added more deck or whatever. Um, so it's always about like the thing that we're working on kind of right now, because how do we get this the best as we can get it before we have to, you know, get our hands off of it and get it out in the marketplace. Um, there's so many things. I mean, obviously, uh, Marvel Legends is, is still going after like 20 years. Thank this guy right here. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we, we premiered a bunch of new stuff uh, actually yesterday morning with the Hasbro team. Uh, and uh, it's gotten a nice pickup online. But the amazing thing about working with Marvel is that uh, toys uh, all are successful um, as the content. And there are so many streams of amazing content at Marvel through, you know, publishing and television, movies, and online. So, you know, it's just, it's, and, and now with video games, like that is just going to be a huge thing for us for the next couple of years. So, yeah, it's exciting times. Uh, we're here at Comic-Con, you know, like we all collect things. I find it so fun. Like for me, I'm here, I'm looking at, for Godzilla toys. I'm looking to finish up my old What If uh, collection of 90s comics. I have like eight left of the hundred and like, eight or 14 or whatever number there are. Uh, what do you guys each collect? Uh, you know, is there something that, you know, you go hunting for? Jesse, I know in particular, you know, you have so many cool toys and weird statues and things uh, that you, you have in your house. I was given a human skull. Uh, cool. That, cool. That, cool. Uh, right. okay. somebody had carved uh, designs into. Um, Where'd they get it? Yeah, great question. <laughs> great question. So I didn't ask. I didn't ask. <laughs> Are you collecting more human no, skulls? No, no, no. This I did. <laughs> by the way, I never. I was never waxing poetic one day and go. You know what my collection needs? Head bones. You know, and one day, you know, my buddy shows up. He's like, "Hey, man, uh, this is that thing you were asking me for." I'm like, "No, man, I didn't ask for this." Where did you buy this? Well, I bought it at the at Arby's parking lot. I'm like, yeah, that's where you would buy one of these things. I would love it if the staff just loudly locked those doors. So I'm like, <laughs> this was panel like, is the skulls. This panel will end it with me in handcuffs. Okay. I think he talks to it at home, yeah. and I feel great about that vision that I have. But yeah, like I still have questions, but they're all bonus questions. By the way, that, that person's no longer using it. Okay. Just <laughs> no, it's true. They left. The guy who owned the skull or the original skull holder? Skull Daddy. Yeah, I want to say yeah. yes to both of those. <laughs> I'm going to call him Skull Daddy from skull now Daddy. on. Skull Daddy. Oh, boy. Skull Daddy. Skull Daddy. A whole other panel. Uh, Mike, what about you? There was, did you not, was there a, just a feature on you in the Times? Was that? Uh, yeah. There what? Was, yeah. <laughs> I'm so angry that I didn't know this. We're, we're, we've been friends for a long time, so it's not like... Anyway, um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I, I run a live show in New York, if you guys live here around here, uh, called Shit Arcade, where we play really <laughs> bad video games, and I've gotten into the habit of collecting bad video games. And I have uh, probably over 100 bad video games, and so I will go to cons w when I can, and I'll go to the video game booths, and I'll buy the worst stuff, which is great, because it's usually the cheapest. And you so, mean like cartridge games, right? Like cartridge or car whatever. Cartridge like games, home PlayStation, games. Saturn, like all, all the way up to relatively recently. Um, but I got uh, yesterday for Sega Genesis, I got uh, Goofy's History Adventure. I Whoa. got uh, Barbie Supermodel. I got Beavis and Butthead for the original Game Boy. Mortal Kombat 4 for the Game Boy Color. Um, so just really terrible games. And So mean. So and mean. It's, it's a weird collection to have because I hate these games so much. <laughs> 
But like, I'm compelled to buy them. And also, when I buy them at any con, I always look like a psychopath because I am an adult, bald man who's over 200 pounds holding like three games made for four-year-old girls. <laughs> and being like, these for me? Oh, my daughter? No, she's never been. <laughs> Which one is the best worst? The best worst, my favorite worst game that we've ever played is, everyone likes Shaq Fu. Shaq Fu is super fun, bad game to play. Um, but my favorite worst game is Beethoven 2 for the Super Nintendo. What? Because it's the what? perfect nexus of nostalgia you don't care about anymore. Um, a game that's unplayable and it's weirdly violent, like you have to kill other dogs in it. What? Like, I don't like that at all. Like, but it's cartoony, but it's like, ah, you bit the dog and he disappeared. And you're like, that dog died. So <laughs> Beethoven 2 for the Super Nintendo, if you're willing to spend $10 on something you shouldn't. Have, have you played E.T.? Oh, yeah, I've definitely, okay. yeah, I've definitely played E.T. E.T. But E.T.'s just so painfully bad yeah. that you get mad at it. Whereas, like, the trick to the show I do, I'm sorry to totally take this off the rails, uh, is that you have to play the game, and it has to be compelling to watch, but still terrible to play. Yeah. So some games you're just like, oh, I hate this, and you turn it off immediately. That sounds awesome. Thank you. Yeah. yeah Shit Arcade, follow me on Twitter, at Mike Rucker. <laughs> Sarah, what about you? Do you collect anything? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just still digesting. <laughs> Everything that just happened right here <laughs> and then down there. Go no, I think that's video. great. And I was like actively, as your friend who loves you, actively angry. You didn't like send me the article about you, which is the least you thing to do because you're not a monster. Right. I'm like, why didn't you send me your press in the Times? That's a big deal. Anyway, I'm a fun friend, aggressively I, supportive. I would have looked like such a psychopath that I was like, I was in the New York Times, did you see? Hey, babe, what's up? I would have been like, yes. What, what, do, what do we do now? Are we married? Like, what happens next? No, we're for sure married. Um, which leads me into King's Quest. Uh, which, yes. So I have some really nice King's Quest items. Um, if you are familiar, if any of you are fans of the Sierra Online games. Um, it's from, like the one game I know. <laughs> so from like Roberta and Ken Williams. Um, uh, and so as a kid, I always like really loved Roberta Williams because she was a woman who designed, uh, you know, who designed games. And I thought that was really cool. And so um, I loved King's Quest. I loved three and four the most, but um, probably I loved three because I found the solution <laughs> like under something in my house. My dad just had the solution and I was like 13 <laughs> and had been trying to beat it since I was seven. I was like, what? And it was really old school with those like that like dot matrix printer with like the you know, the things on the side. Anyway, so, um, so I have, uh, I've been trying to figure out how to get a good King's Quest uh, for the Perils of Rosella tattoo. Talk to me later if you can figure this out for me. But Mike actually got me some really cool King's Quest stuff a few Christmases ago. It was the Christmas after the election. I was in pain, and uh, Mike came through with some really great, like a, I think like a novelization. Novelization of King's. They did three novelizations, mm -hmm. one of which you can still buy online without paying hundreds, and I got that one for you. Uh, I think I might have gotten you a, that, that old guidebook that would had also had novelizations yeah. along with the walkthroughs of the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I have um, the game itself just like on an altar in my house because I'm a witch. So it's a witch <laughs> altar yeah. with a bunch of hippie stuff and like tarot cards and probably like the bones of a dead man uh, yeah. who wronged me um, and like some sage and probably an herb. And then there's like King's Quest. What I'm saying is my life is just a trippy roadshow of eroticism. Um, uh, 
So yeah, King's Quest. I collect King's Quest stuff. I like that. Uh, you have all those bones. I know a guy who has a skull. If you need a skull. To oh, does he do voices? Because that's what I'm about. He does. <laughs> Jamie, what do you collect? I collect. Um, you just souls. obsess over your dog. I do. I obsess over my dog. I collect bandanas that I put on my dog. Oh. Yeah. I don't have anything I physically collect anymore because my apartment is one room. So it's a a nice sized room, but it's one room. So I don't collect a lot of physical things. I just like reading and collecting a lot of stories. I also want to point out that none of us is goth, I don't think, but like we're really delving into some like great goth subject matter. I always wanted to be goth. We're stealth goth. That was something that I was like, I'd have been good Yeah, it's this real stealth goth experience, like office goth. Yeah, high school goth. I was high school goth. High school goth, right? High school goth, but it didn't translate. I skipped wearing blush so many times. (laughs) Well... Hopefully some of you it's here okay. are it's collectors. Okay. Uh, we've got these toys. I am not taking these back upstairs. We have a microphone right there. Please step up to the microphone, ask some questions, uh, and our, our wonderful panelists will help answer. Maybe uh, we'll pick, they'll help pick who gets the, uh, the, the fun toys. I would love it if some kids were up there asking questions. And I want to get through as many of y'all as we can. Please, what's your name, what's your question? Hi, my name is Nicole. And um, the first thing I want to say is just you have a really cool sweatshirt. The Thanos sweatshirt's really cool. Um, but my question for anyone is, what's your favorite Marvel-related project you've ever worked on? I think, I mean, I've only worked on two, um, but the first, I think working with Steph was really cool. Um, it was just so exciting also to be able to, as, to be able to like call my parents and say, oh, I'm doing this, I'm writing something for Marvel. Like, they freaked out, you know? It was really, it was exciting and fun and... Um, so yeah, I, I have a limited bank to choose from, but for me, it was the first one. Um, also, I have a relatively limited bank, but I would probably say the first time uh, I had friends who were writing Deadpool long before I ever got to write anything for Deadpool, and they were like, "Can you write us some joke letters?" And I was like, "My name's gonna be in a Marvel comic," and I still think of that as like a defining moment of my life. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. When I interned, I got to work for a moment in publishing, and I got my name printed in a reprint book, and it was like that kid's face from meeting Spider-Man yeah. all over again. It's the best. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for your question. Hi. Um, I'm going to take this opportunity to tell you that we want more Bucky toys, so <laughs> take that home. Yeah. yeah. There's so many fangirls, there's not enough merch, so make it happen. Bucky, my old friend. <laughs> And that was so well, so well characterized. What happened to you? Your hair is long. We were crying. (laughs) Yes, and sequin. The arm is now a sequin. Do you know I got frozen in ice? Very chilly. And and also, Uh, I'm so sorry. Is it Sarah? Sarah, yeah. I missed coming in, but I'm like in love with you now. You're amazing. Oh my gosh, I was looking at your hair, and I was like, you have the best style. Thank you for being a young lady who came up and demanded a thing. I think more women need to demand stuff all the time. More Bucky toys on the way. (laughs) Specifically of Jeff. Maybe she gets gets one of our toys on the table? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You should totally take something. You know what? Why don't don't you choose, Sarah? Pick a toy. Pick Pick one. Ladies' choice. Ladies' choice. Oh, it is. It is, it is the San Diego Comic-Con Marvel Legends... It is your toy. ...10th anniversary exclusive. Oh, that's so yours. With its own Tesseract on the inside. You now own a piece of the Cosmic Cube. Treat it well. <laughs> I did open it, so it's not mint in box. Yeah, you're the best. <laughs> that's awesome. Next, next up. 
Hey, how you doing? Um, really, when you're talking about shitty arcade, it really kind of, you know, hit home because I remember when I uh, was a kid and, and was really excited about Christmas and getting my SNES games. I was like, this is amazing. Can't wait. My parents are definitely going to get me Super Ghouls and Ghosts and they got me Pugly, Pugsley Scavenger Hunt, <laughs> the Adam's Family game. And um, it, it was awful, man. So it was terrible. Um, what, what's the one Marvel character that get, just like hits you guys in the feels, basically? That like basically, when you, you follow him and you think, oh, I don't want something bad to happen to that guy. What's that one Marvel character for all of you guys? Ooh. I'm gonna say Aunt May. Whenever something bad happens, to Aunt May, I'm like, No, stop it! Like I get so mad. Uh, I don't know why. I think because Aunt May reminds me of my mom in a lot of ways, uh, just in terms of like being caring and also like not knowing I'm Spider-Man. And so I just, I really, like, it's, it, for me, it's never those heroes. It's always the, hero, the people around them who get hurt by what happens. That always really gets to me. Oh, are we asking me? Gosh. I don't know. I'm trying to, th I'm trying to think, too. I, I would say it's usually, like, it's the collateral damage, I would say. Uh, um, I hope this doesn't seem like a dodge, but it's, it's the truth. It's, if I'm watching a film or reading a comic, like whatever it is, it's, it's the people, especially the people whose names we don't know. I think about that. I think about the people whose names we never find out who are affected by these massive um, acts of, of destruction or who, who, who aren't, who don't, experience the salvation and joy of having somebody swoop in and save the day. Right. I think about that, the resentment of those people. This is such a dark panel. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, thank you. Make sure you get a, a fanny pack. Please. My question is, who is your favorite Marvel character and why? Uh, I'll go with uh, Modoc, uh, who we saw in What The, because he's a Jack Kirby wild creation of an incredible character and he's you know, he's this dude who was brilliant and he experimented on himself and he became a stupid monster and he's awesome. Um, I, I actually really love Daredevil. I just started reading Daredevil from number one from the 60s because I wanted to dive even deeper. Uh, the show is fantastic. I'm very intrigued by someone who, is, who operates on his convictions and his morality because I have no religion. And I, I just... I admire that about Daredevil, that he's so conflicted and tragic and just, he does things that he doesn't know are right. Uh, I think my favorite is, is Miles Warren. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what's emerged, what I've realized today. I think, uh, weirdly, my favorite Marvel character might be the Watcher. And the reason I like the Watcher so much is I always imagine in real life, if you were a Marvel hero and you suddenly saw the Watcher, you would be so scared. And it would be such an emotionally heavy moment because you know something was about to happen. And to me, that fills me with such a sense of like cosmic wonder. Also, he's like a 10-foot tall bald baby Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can play the Watcher. <laughs> that's not weird. Uh, Modam, Modak's wife. Yes. <laughs> Good answer. Thank you. Uh, it's a great question. Come grab a toy. Yay! Yay! Toys, Toys for gals. Awesome. Toys for gals. That's yeah, a great she's... outfit. I like that. Yeah, it's, it's cold cool in here, dress. so you cover it up, but it's a dope outfit, too. There you go. Nice. Go. Cool. Next question. Hi, I'm Nick. Uh, Tara, you were talking earlier about uh, mental health, and one of my things is that the Marvel actors, a lot of them have spoken about having struggles with anxiety, and uh, so I guess my question is... Uh, as comic or comedians, how do you deal with sort of performance anxiety or any kind of anxiety in life? And also, when the Hulk uses the bathroom, what color is it? Oh, uh, it's purple. 
Um, yeah. First yeah, of all, it's very common knowledge, and I'm insulted you would even ask. Everyone else in this room knew it's purple. Um, uh, I take Prozac. Today, I almost took a muscle relaxer by mistake. Uh, I take Prozac. Um, I, you know, got sober. I meditate. I do a lot of different things to manage anxiety, I'd say. Everybody's kind of got their own toolkit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I, I'm here with $200 in my wallet, so definitely I'm going to just spend a lot of money and regret it later. So That's messed up. What if there's a thief among us? <laughs> <laughs> Probably the money will go to a better place. Um, I, 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 I think um, in terms of like getting over performance anxiety, you never do. You always have it. You always feel a little bit afraid. And it's a lot like, you know, learning to, like, jump into a pool. You know it's going to be cold for a second, but then you're fine. You get acclimated. And it's really get, overcoming that first initial fear uh, every time than it is a thing that will just haunt you the whole time you do it. Great question. All right, thank you so much. It was a take a toy. <laughs> right, Jesse, wants you to take a toy. Yeah, take a toy. That was a really good two-part question. It was a real high-low mix. I really like what you did there. Yeah. Oh. Oh, it's for a nephew? For a nephew? Put that back. Take that at the end. Is that cosplay? Are you cosplaying a character from the game Detroit? Yeah, Detroit. Oh, cool. That's great. I noticed the little head thing. That's really cool. Make sure that goes to a child. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Next, please. Hey, guys. My name is Neil. Um, I have uh, two small questions. So the first is for Sarah. Knowing that comedians usually have a bit of a dark place, in the comic world, do you favor heroes or villains? Oh, I think villains. Although I've never, I've never written... I mean, I've done a limited amount for a couple for Marvel and one for another company, but um, I've never really gotten to write something villain-focused. I would love to, though. That's, I, I'm very fast. I always love that stuff about why they became who they are, and especially when it's more complex than just one bad thing happened to you and now you're bad. I think that most of us become who we are as a result of a collection of experiences. Um, so yeah, villains I think would be more interesting to write for, certainly. Thank yeah, you I for agree. asking. Uh, my second part, and I know he's gonna be really embarrassed, is that I brought my son in the front for his birthday today, and I just wanna know if he can uh, pick a, a, an action figure for his birthday. Yeah. Oh, that's 100%. Nice. Yeah. Birthday. Why not? Yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, dude. Happy birthday. birthday. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So we only have four minutes. I'm going to take the next two questions. Brandon, can you give stuff to everybody else who's online? And, and, and we'll, uh, we'll finish up. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, so I have kind of a silly question. <laughs> so kiss, Mary kill. Iron Man. Captain America, Black Widow. Cool, cool, cool. Great. I think about this a lot. Um, thank you. <laughs> Uh, I would say I, I would kiss Black Widow. I would marry Iron... Wait, who, who's my other... Wait. Captain America. Captain America, Iron Man, Black, Black Widow. Black Widow. Okay. Oh, God. It's like... I got this. I can marry I'll, I'll any of them. Yeah. It's really hard Kiss to Iron Man, marry Captain America, kill Black Widow, unfortunately. I want a, a life with Captain America would be wonderful. I totally agree. Would, I, I did a man on the street where we asked people a very similar question. Everyone wanted to marry Captain America. I want to marry Captain America. I want to kiss Black Widow. Oh, yeah. You know what? Kiss Black Widow. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Black Widow. Sorry, Tony. And yeah. Kill, yeah. kill Iron yeah. Man. Tony Stark can die. He's fine. He's led a good life. Um, <laughs> I would marry Captain America, and I would kiss Black Widow, yeah. Why are we breaking up the Avengers through a love triangle? <laughs> because that's 
that's what life is about, Michael. Oh, no, I would just, I would be like, I'm not going to mess with any of you. You guys do good work. We can't have nice things. We have to divide. Uh, I guess I would marry Tony Stark for the money. Yeah. yeah. No, that's good. I would kiss Black Widow and the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. Uh, all right, we're going to do our last question. Uh, Brandon is somewhere getting you guys, the rest of you guys some stuff. You'll my get best stuff. friend! What's up, buddy? What's up? Um, my question is, of course, for Jesse. Um, yesterday we What's saw your name? Logan. Hey, your name is Loki? Yeah. Wow, no, Logan. 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 Better. Logan. Logan. Also a dope cool. name. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's great. Um, yesterday we saw um, the Craven's Last Hunt two-pack that's yep. coming out. Will it come with a shotgun? Or is it that too dark? It probably won't come with a shotgun. Uh, just because uh, they are spending every cent and every half a cent that they can on making sure the deco looks yeah. as good as possible. Um, I uh, had a conversation with one of Marvel's lawyers who is also a giant Marvel Legends collector. Yeah. He bought a 3D printer and uh. is now printing out accessory pieces. Um, I don't suggest that you do that unless you're really into 3D printing, but there are a lot of different ways you can get uh, you know, guns and pieces like that that you can add to your collection. Yeah. Logan, also congratulations it's research. on your return to Marvel Comics. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Logan. Thank you, everybody, nice. for coming. Yeah. Uh, up there, we have a Marvel Insider code. If, uh, if you're an Insider member, this is great. You get tons of points. You can screenshot it, but redeem that code real soon uh, because other people will post it online and redeem it. But you get some really cool stuff. Give it up for Sarah, Mike, and Jesse. And thank you guys for coming. Thank you guys very much thank for coming. This is awesome. Thank Thanks you guys. Everybody. Thank you guys. Have a great Happy con. Happy Halloween, everybody. Hey.